What book are we in? Second Timothy. Who wrote the book? Paul, and he wrote the book to Second Timothy. That's right. He wrote it to Tim, Tim, Timothy, uh, who was his what in the faith? And he, where was Paul when he wrote it? Rome, and, and, and where, where, where in Rome specifically? Prison. Where was Tim, Timothy again? Ephesus. That's right. Ephesus. I'm like, I do not see that on here. Um, and around what year was the book written, we believe? 65 or 6. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. And, and Paul, we believe, died 66, 67 A.D. is when Paul died. So he bought, this is his last letter, don't forget. Uh, and y'all go, we, we've heard you say that like 10 times already. And you're going to hear it more as we go through the book. Today. I want you to understand the context of the book. Now, um, we're, we're about to stand up and read this text together. And I was going to do verses 20 through 26 and uh, we're only doing verses 20 through 23, and we're going to breeze through the first two, and we're going to really land on verse 22 is where we're going to really sit. Uh, and there's a part here which I could not get away from all week. And some of you may look at this and go, okay, listen, I understand that. But sometimes I think when we take the Word of God, we, we, we read it, and we just sort of skim ac- across it like we know what, what it says. Okay, I know that, I know that. But do we really take the time to ponder and think about what, what truth it's saying for us and what we're going to look at really what, what peace is and what, what love is and what faith is from defined from the Word of God. Uh, because I'm getting ahead of myself, but, but that's sort of where we're going to be for tonight. But don't forget, last week we, we talked about false what? Prophets or, 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 or teachers. Let me re- reread verse 18 for you. We don't have it on the screen, but let me read this. Who, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already ha- happened. They are upsetting the faith of some. And then verse 19 is a verse that I didn't get to at the end of last week, but I wish I had because it seals it all up. Because it's very reassuring for me to, to know this. While there are many out here in this world that are going to teach false stuff and try to, to take the Word of God and, and, and mess it up and make it work for themselves, he says this in verse 19. He says, But God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal, the Lord knows those who are his. Man, I'm glad the Lord knows who are his. And I don't have to be in charge or have to fix it all because can you, some of you look and go, man, it's not fair. Do you see where they live? Do you see what, what they're doing? The Lord knows who are his. I am called to live my life and speak truth wherever I go and not to, to covet or to hate, only hate the things that God hates. But the Lord knows those that are his. And it says this, and let Everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity or sin. Everybody who knows the name. Now, he's going to go in the next verses. He's going to talk, and he's still in that false teacher, real teacher mode. Don't forget, Timothy was a a leader of a church where he taught. So Paul is trying, and Paul was a leader himself, so he's trying to teach truth to him. So we're still in that same line of thought as we go. So I want you to stand with me. We're just going to read verse 20 through 22, standing in honor of God's word because it is worth all honor and praise. And just follow, follow along with me beginning in verse 20. He says this, now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is 
honorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as, as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Verse 22, so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Let's pray one more time. Dear God, we thank you for your, your word. I thank you that, that if this is all that is said tonight, that it's enough. Uh, and Lord, I just ask that you will take this and um, use it um, for us to make your name great at home, at work, at school, uh, in church, in youth group, wherever we go, the beach, wherever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so he talks about a great house. Let me just share with you some quick things. The, he's, the great house is a symbol of the, the house of God or the church or a group of believers that meet together. That's the great house he's talking about here. And he says an interesting thing. He says there are not only vessels or things of gold and silver, things, tools that are used, but also of wood and clay. So there's some of very fine, nice stuff, some that are not very, not very nice and, and, and used. Now this is, let me remind you, in the story, he's talking about a great house, a very great fine house, which he's describing as the church or the fellowship of believers. And some of you say, well, what's wrong with the wood and, and the clay stuff? Can't that be used? Yes, it can be, but understand he's talking about in this, the gold and, and silver are those who teach the word in the right, proper way. The wood and the clay are those that are false prophets. And the wood and the clay do not deserve to be in a great house. The gold and silver do. Let me help you out. It's sort of a confusing thing. Um, if you've heard me tell the story, if you've, if you've heard me preach in, in big church or even here, I think, my 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 my. My, my family is from the Scottish Highlands and the Irish Lowlands, or whatever you would call it, somewhere over there. That's where we're from, the Walsh clan. And way back, there's a war in like 1084. There was the Walsh clan against the MacDonald clan. If you're a MacDonald Mac, Mac, or, or, or know of one, um, we don't like them. No, I'm kidding. That's in the past. We've, I've gotten past that past year or so. I've worked work, 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 work through it. And so we went to war, and they wiped us out where only there were like three or seven Walshmen that were left alive at the end of the war. There was 800 or 600 when they, when they clashed. So three to seven or eight Walshmen survived. Our crest is a, uh, which is our, like, our, armor thing is a swan with a arrow through its neck, which means transfixed or wounded, but not dead. That's, that's our, our motto. We're, so I'm like, yeah, we're weaklings that survive. I mean, that's what we are. So I'm sorry. <clears throat> Caitlin, you can marry somewhere and be strong people. Um, so uh, one thing, you know, so th that's sort of the Walsh name. A story has passed down from me from my dad and from my grand grandma on my dad's side, which is the Walsh side, that during the, um, the Great Depression times, it wiped us out again. We've always just been, we've just been in the wrong place at the wrong time. I think it wiped out the whole world at, at that point, but we were, some, some of them. But a story of my great-grandfather, that they had to sell everything they had, but he kept one set of silver 
fork, spoon, and knife that he always used, that he, he, he never sold, and he would always, every meal, eat off that silver. And he would tell his kids, it's to remind me where we've come from and we have worth to us. And that's sort of how he's got, it's sort of a tradition. That's what we eat all the time at my house. Um, we eat off silver because it's a tradition that we've done. It reminds us of, a, it's a tie to our path. There's sort of worth, remind us. Now I understand my worth is in Christ, but I use that to re- remind me of my, my worth in Christ. It sort of has evolved from that. So we see in this great house, they're not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. So there's, there's not only those that speak the truth of God in the right way, they're of great worth. Those that you find in your life, you don't understand the, the, the folks that, that I've known through the years or that may come here or leave this church that go someplace else and they go, I just wish I could find a church that'll preach the word of God. And they are looking for weeks, months, and years, struggling to find a very strong place. I think we have a strong place here. I don't think I would be here on staff if I did not believe that, where the Word of God is taught strong and true. When you find it, it's of great worth. I've talked to to many youth that have left here and gone off to school, and they've struggled to find. But can I tell you, they're there. Places are there. Don't you don't give up. Sometimes you find it quick. Sometimes it may take you a long time. But you're called to find a place to grow. Where whenever God takes you away from this place, so that that that's that's something of great worth when you find it. And and and. But it says here, but also of wood and clay. Some are honorable use. That's the gold and silver. Some are dis honorable use. That's the ones that swerve from the truth and they are trying to edify themselves more than they edify God. And he says something to Timothy. He says even this. He says, hey, there's even hope for these that have gone off the path. Those that even have gone against me. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. He says, you know what? Even those that have gone astray, they can come back around, and I can use them, and I can make, and they, they, they can repent from what they've done, and they can get on track and be useful to me. Now, that can apply to our lives as well, but he's talking specifically to those that teach in the church, those that even get off. And can I tell you, I cringe sometimes, and I still don't have it all right. As we grow older, I think we understand more of how much we have wrong than what we have right. But I understand more of how much I used to teach wrong, where I go, oh, and Mike and I both cringe when we talked when we were 23 or 25, and we thought we knew it, and we were, sorry, Nick, boy, Nick, you got a long way to go, bro, and, um, and we thought that we knew it, and we had it, and 10 years passed, and we look back, and we go, I, I taught that, and that is so wrong. So you, you learn and grow, and it's, it's nice to know God, God is a, is a, Loving, gracious God, whether we teach the word or not, or whether as we live this life out or not, he is gracious. But you've got to turn from it. And then I just like it's set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house. That should be our hope for everybody in this room. My goal in life is to be useful to the master of the house. No matter where that take, 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 takes me, no matter what it costs, I want to be useful. Use, use, useful to him. This is ready for every good work. That means he's going to use you in ways you've never dreamed he could use you. So let's jump to verse 22 because he jumps here 
and says this, So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Now, when, a, when towns at this time were at war, these towns would be side by side, and they're at war, and they would go out to the field, and they would fight it out. And the town that wins, they would get to come and pillage the town that lost. They could kill, they could rape, they could steal, they would win. All the men would go to fight. There was nobody left to defend the town. And so if a town won, these, these kingships, they would, they, they would come and take over. Now, if every town had a guy in it who his job was when the battle was swaying one way or the other, he was to warn, go either warn the town or go... Um, proclaimed to the town that all was well. That they were. That was his job. It's sort of like Paul Revere's ride, right? He's going to tell them the news. Now, he would. They, they would say two things if they came into to town. If they said the word Eugelion Nike. I don't know if you heard that Nike word before. Swoosh, right? You, right? We all know that. Okay, this is a Greek word. Understand that. And do y'all know what it means? Nike means. Victory. Victory is right. Eugelion means good news. So they would come riding in town saying, Eugelion Nike, which means good news, victory. Everybody in town go, ah, okay, good, we're safe. But if it had gone bad for them, they would come riding into town and say the word fuego. Now, it's not like in fuego from ESPN, right? You know, it's not that, but the, the Greek word is Fuego, and this is what the word means. It means flee for your life because death is coming. And at that point, they would grab whatever they could and take off into the hills and usually not come back to that town because it meant death or enslavement for them. When Paul says, so, flee, we think it's like, oh, hey, look out. Run, 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 little boy, run, little girl. He is saying this word is the same word, fuego, that means flee because death is coming. And you know, when you look at this, you go, man, isn't that true? So flee because death is coming from youthful passions. Can y'all tell me, can y'all share with me a little bit, what are some youthful passions? And youthfulness, this isn't like, wow, this is text right here for teenagers. Youth, youthfulness went until a, a, a man usually was out of the home, like he was married. Sometimes they were married still in the home. Uh, and when he went out, usually in his 30s or 40s, that was what youthfulness meant back when this was written. So what are some youthful passions? I'm not saying like you deal with specifically, all right? Just what, do we know any? We don't know what to flee from. We are toast. Can I share a few? Because we're struggling here. The desire of the eyes. And what I'm talking about here, and we could go through, I could, we could hit some text tonight, but there's other texts I want to hit besides this. But he only says, all he says is, so flee youthful passions. And he doesn't really describe what they are. One, de- desire of the eyes. What I mean by that is mine. I want that mine. That car, mine. That house, mine. Those clothes, mine. Those shoes, mine. That mine. That, that hat, I'm just like seeing something. Mine. It's, it's that covet. It's that, that 
the desire of the flesh. There's two desires of the flesh that I see. One is, is lust. It's all at, out there. And one is gluttony. It's a desire, a desire food. And that goes with the desire of the mind as well. The desire of ex- acceptance. Man, just want to fit in. Can I just, come on. You're telling me to follow God, but you know what that's going to cost me? I, I can't do that. There's such a draw for that in the culture we live in today. The desire of the now, I, which well, I would define as entitlement, which, which, which means I deserve this. Do you know what? Let me give you some news. You don't deserve anything. We, we're in a society where we grow up and we think we should have a house better than our mom and dad's house when we're tw- 23, and if we don't, it's not fair. And, and our car sh- should be better because we're owed it. We're not owed anything. If you're a believer in Christ, you, we need to begin to understand that, or it's going to wreck you. And he says, flee these youthful passions. You know... Um, I wrote this story down. See if I can make it make sense. Y'all heard me talk about when I took out the trash when I was a kid, right? My street, long, dark. Y'all have done it too. Wherever you got to take something, and I would take the trash out, and I'd lift that lid, I'd dump it, and I would take off because Satan was grabbing the back of my neck. I mean, he was on top of me. I was about to get... That was fleeing in my book because death was on top of me, and if I didn't make it back to that door in time, it was not going to be good. It was, I was going to do it agonizing death. But of course, when I came in the door, I'd be like, hey, mom. You know what I'm saying? Y'all done it before. Y'all done it. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. And she'd be like, why are you, why are you sweating? Oh, I must be sick. You know, um, <laughs> It's ironic to me that in life, a lot of times, the things that we fear, if I'll be accepted or not, um, and the things that, that we flee, flee from, like the boogeyman at the end of the driveway, they don't exist. The boogeyman wasn't ever going to get me. I, I know that now. I didn't know. You couldn't have convinced me. And some, some of you are going, uh-uh, he exists. I know he's there. But the things that we should fear, we act like they don't exist. The things that we should fear because it brings death, we act like it, it's not real. There's a verse in James, I think. Have you got that verse there? Sydney James 1, 14 and 15. Do you have both of them or just one of them? But each person is tempted when he's lured and enticed by his own desire. And the next verse says, Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. That's what we ought to fear. That's why he says, hey, flee fuego because death is coming. And a lot of times we look at this, okay, flee, okay, yeah, I understand. But do we really take time to think about it? But Paul knew something else. So, so first point, easy. Flee the things that bring death, the real things that bring death. That's what we're supposed to flee. Now, Paul knew a very important truth. If you take something away or turn away from it, you better replace it with something else or you're going to turn right back to it in probably no time at all. It won't take long. If you do not replace the thing you've run away from with something else, you're going to come back to it. There's a, um, uh, a, a verse um, in Proverbs 26 that I love. I don't know why I love it. I just do. Like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. 
we're called in this verse to do one thing, flee, and then we're called to pursue. And if we don't ever pursue, we're never going to flee. You're never going to make it. You're going to be like a dog. Have you ever seen a dog eat vomit or nasty poop before? Y'all haven't? Y'all don't have my dog. Okay. We have. It's nasty. And I feel like, man, it's a beautiful. If I, could, uh, if I got a tattoo, that's what I'm getting right there. <laughs> but I'm not, probably. <clears throat> so, flee the things that bring death. And then he says this, pursue the things that present life. Two points for night. Flee the thing that brings death. Pursue the things that present life. He says four things. Now, all I'm going to do, I'm not going to teach you any more from Dan for the rest of the night. Some of you are like, oh, we're almost done. Listen, all we're going to do for the rest of the time, mostly, I might lie a little bit because I might say something by accident, is we look at Scripture pertaining to righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Because it's powerful when you read it. As, as I've read these, because these words we hear all the time. If you're in church at all, you hear these words all, oh yeah, I know those things. Do you know what the Bible says about it and how we're called to be? Because if we really know what it says, they're huge things we're called to pursue. So look, we've got it on the screen. If you've got your Bible, you can turn there in Psalms chapter 11, beginning in verse 5. And um, the Lord test is really two words, not one. But hey, it's all right. Somehow it's it, it's um so it's a little different on the screen, right? Yep. Um, this is what it says about righteousness. It says the Lord tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. Let him rain coals on the wicked. Fire and sulfur and a scorching wind shall be the portion of their cup. That now wickedness is the opposite of righteousness. Understand that if you're not pursuing righteousness, you understand you're pursuing wickedness. Do we understand? You go, well, I'm sort of in that game, fake real. I'm sort of in the middle. You can't be in the middle. You've got to go one way or the other. Pursue righteousness. Then it says in verse 7, for the Lord is righteous. He He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his faith, his face. Right, righteousness, to do what is right, and, and, and it is what the Lord is, and he loves the righteous deeds. I want with my life, oh, so many times I get selfish and it's about Dan, but when I'm not about Dan, I want to, I want to do the, the righteous deeds that the Lord loves because I owe him so much. We owe him so much righteousness, do what's right. The, the next word is faith. We all know the word faith, right? We've heard, we've heard the word, you know, and Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now can I tell you this? All these are huge, but can I tell you this? Faith and living a life of power for Jesus Christ is so huge we don't even understand it. In this chapter 11 in Hebrews, and that's your homework for this week. We just read chapter 11 of Hebrews. I'm not going to read all through it. We're going to see parts of it. But he talks about great, great men and women who lived out faith. They were just like you and me. They struggled just like you and me. We can read stories of how they fell and how they did wrong, but how, how they, they cleansed themselves and they were of not good use. They became of, of good use. It says, by faith, Abel offered a more sacrifice to Cain in, in verse 4. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. 
Why? Because he was faithful. He still speaks to us today. This one who, the first death on, on, on earth, still speaks to us today. By faith, Noah constructed an ark in verse 7. By faith, Sarah received the power to bear a child at a very old age. Verse 17, by faith, Abraham offered to God Isaac, his only son. By faith, Moses refused to be called the son of the Pharaoh's daughter, and he brought the Israelites out of captivity in Egypt by by faith. It's not something we go, yeah, I've got faith. Do you understand? It's something that you do. It's my belief is so strong that I act. It's my belief is so strong that I have no choice but to act. By faith, the Israelites crossed the Red Sea on dry land. It's verse 29. Verse, verse 30, by faith, they marched around Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. And then it says this in verse 32, and we're going to have this on the screen, because uh, I want you just to see what this faith does, because it's not just a little word. We go, oh, yeah, you just got to have faith. It is so much more. Look at what it says, and what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of, of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who, though, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the, fire, the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign ar- ar- armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with a sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy. That's what faith looks like right there. You go, what, what's, what, what are we supposed to, that's, that's what we're supposed to per- pursue in 2 T- Timothy 2.22. That's what we pursue. That faith that is so for God that the world is not deemed worthy of it. We, you've heard love before in, in a, a set of verses that are read almost every what. what a wedding is in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning of verse 4, and this is what it says. And this is what it t- t- tells us what love is. And I wish we would pay more attention to this. I wish I would pay more att- att- attention to this. Love is patient and kind. It does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or re- re- resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. That's what love is. Can I tell you, it's not about you. Love from you is not about you. It's patient and kind. It's giving. It's for, 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 for giving. We do eight fours in there. It makes it really forgiving. That wasn't in my notes. Um, It's a love that says, I'm going to love you no matter what you do to me. Uh, You can hate my guts and kick me when I'm down, and I'm going to love you. You you don't have to do anything. It's, It's a love that God gives to us. We do not earn his love. He gives his love. We're in rebellion against him, and he, he, he gives his love to us. That's what we're supposed to bend. Pastor Mike spoke about a little bit this past week. We bend 
that grace and love that God gives, and we bend it out to everyone that we talk to. But you don't understand what they said to me. I may not have heard it, but I, I understand the feeling. Revenge. Good news is, God says, vengeance is mine. We're about to see that as we go into this last word, peace. In the book of Romans chapter 12, verses 16 through 21, this is what it says about peace. We hear peace all the time. Oh, yeah, I need to be a person of peace. Be peaceful. Okay, that means I'm really, really quiet and, and sort of like, this is what it says. Verse 16, live in harmony with one another. Do, do, do not be haughty, but associate with the low, 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 lowly. Don't, don't, don't be a snob. That's what it says. You know what? When, when someone is, is in lower class than you or they're not dressed as, not, as nice as you, you need to treat them just as well as you treat everybody else. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live pe- peaceably with all. Be- beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the con- con- contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. It says something, something interesting. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. The last thing someone I want someone I'm mad at to do is to be nice and kind to me. Because you don't understand. I want to, I want to get them. And all of a sudden they show kindness to me. Uh, and it it shames me. It it, it and so where it says it heaps coals upon his head, you understand that. And it says, verse 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's what peace is. Do we understand that? Peace, we're not overcoming evil with evil, but we overcome evil with good. People of peace. So when it says in that verse, so flee youthful passions, because death is coming, get away. And pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. And it says this, this little last line. Along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Man, you know what? The good news is he's saying, hey, find other people who are running the right way. Fleeing youthful passions, pursuing righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Find those people and run, run, run with them. And it's so much easier when we run this race not by ourselves, right? Have you ever felt that? And you go, but listen, there's not that many that are going that way. I know. In this room, I would hope that everyone is going that way. I doubt it tremendously. I doubt it. In our church, I wish, but I doubt it. But you find those that are, that, that really are that are of the house, that they are of gold and silver, of great use to the, the, the master of the house. You find them, and you run the race with them. Flee and pursue. You've got to do both in order for, for this to work. It will not work if you only flee. It will not work if you only pursue. You've got to flee, and you've got to pursue. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much for tonight, for your word, for your truth. And Lord, help us to understand uh, these words that we throw around so much um, are so important t- t- to you. And 
so important for us to have in our lives. And may we be a, pe- a people that are righteous and that are faithful and that are loving and that are peaceful. But Lord, help us also flee these things that do not honor you, the things that you hate. Help us to flee them. I thank you for each student that's in this room, every adult that's in this room. Uh, and Lord, may we be uh, fo- fo- followers of you and grateful every day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.